Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Whale Nerds Podcast. We are on episode 18, Ooh. and uh, I'm here with Caitlin and not Eric <laughs> <laughs> because Eric is not here because he's being mean and he's on a boat without us watching killer whales eat a gray whale. I wouldn't necessarily say he's being mean, but well, we're salty. <laughs> <laughs> Because we prioritized the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. No, we just got unlucky and didn't get on the boat he's on. Uh, my mom's in town and I went to lunch. And, and I had so. to work today. Yeah. <laughs> but we have someone replacing Eric for this podcast. And we have a, another special guest two weeks in a row now. Yeah. Um, our special guest is Eva. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and she likes whales. I a love lot. whales. Yes. A lot, a lot. And you are from? I'm from England. And what do you do exactly in England? I'm so <laughs> <laughs> Cry a lot. <laughs> she wishes she was whale watching. All the time. Um, so I'm currently studying for my master's at the University of Cambridge and the British Antarctic Survey on, funnily enough, blue whales. On what? Blue whales. Blue whale genetics. Well, what did you say right before the blue whales? Funny enough. Oh, funny enough, blue whales. <laughs> <laughs> this accent thing's going to hang you up, isn't it? Yeah. I'm gonna make Every her, time. I'm going to make her repeat like 10 things at least. <laughs> so you're studying blue whales. Yes, I am. And you told me that you get to cut their bones. Yeah, so basically I go around museums. So, for example, the Smithsonian up in D.C. and the Natural History Museum over in London. And I take their bones and drill bone powder, which allows me to extract and amplify their DNA. And what kind of science do you get out of that? <laughs> so basically, I'm looking at population dynamics and genetic diversity of the blue whales in the North Atlantic. During a specific time frame, though, right? Yeah, so it's pre-exploitation, so mainly from the 1870s to the 1920s. Wait, you're looking at these bones that have been collected back then? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's Trying to understand the bones. population pre-whaling, right? Yeah, and basically see how whaling has impacted the blue whale population, and if this has specifically caused an increase in hybridization with fin whales. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're like trying to get back. They're like, we need, we're going to do whatever we can to get some we, numbers. And we need some more mates around we're here. Now. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wait, a good so, looking fin whale over there. I haven't seen a blue whale in so, weeks. <laughs> have you seen bones from recent bones of blue whales? Um, so I have seen recent bones as well, but I'm predominantly focusing on the older ones for the thesis. Um, did the bones look stronger now or then or anything different like that? Um, some of the bones I found are really aerated. So when I'm drilling them, I'm not getting much bone powder out because there's so many air sockets within them. And mm. that can be due to a number of things, maybe how they're stored, bacteria, things like that. Mm. Uh, this is a science podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But it's cool, man. Think of all the dinosaur things we wanted to talk about. So have you about. seen blue whales in real... Oh, you have, right? You've seen, yes, I've you, seen blue whales over in the Azores. Oh, uh, okay, but not here. Not here. Not You'll yet. have to come back. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow, <laughs> that's true. We, we were Like last week, we were seeing so many redneck... Uh, the foul ropes. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe we were going to have some blue whales show up. just because. And we even saw a humpback lunch on krill, so... Oh, that's yeah, awesome. and the water's fairly cool in the bay right now, like mid to low 50s. So it's, it's coming together. We had yeah. some good upwelling wind last week, which kept us off the water. <laughs> but you've been out, I think since you've gotten here, you've been out on the water almost every day. Almost every day, apart from today, yeah. Yeah. Did you go in the afternoon yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Did you get some lunch feeding? Not no. really. Did you go? Yeah. Oh, yeah, your day's Friday. Yeah. There was a few, but they were, like, way far off. You know what's so funny, you guys? Today I went on the boat, and we were watching, like, 
over 12 humpbacks near us, 25 easily and like mm-hmm. within the quarter mile. And this whale kind of, they were lunch feeding off and on. And then this one whale kind of like lifted his head, slapped it, but very like, not like high out of the water. Just oh, kinda, I saw the video. He, yeah. he just lifted it up and then slapped it and then threw his tail up. And I was like, this whale's going to breach. Everybody watch. 10 seconds later, flies out of the water. Nice. And I, and, and then, so like a few minutes later, you know, I'm like, I got down low in the back and I was like, oh, I'll get like a lower shot. Mm-hmm. And then it like kind of nothing happened. So then I walked right as I walked away, walked flew out of the water. <laughs> but I was like, whatever. I had already gotten the first breach. So yeah. I was like, today's set, like, boom. No, like no one said anything about killer whales on the radio. <laughs> so I'm like pumped. I'm going to lunch with my mom and Mark, my wife. And then. Like, I don't even know where I was. I was on my way home from somewhere, and then I get a text. It's like, I'm watching a predation, so I might be late to the podcast. <laughs> and I was like, Salty. my day just got worse. Yeah. We did see a headstand yesterday, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, the afternoon. That was so weird. It was just standing <laughs> on it. Yeah, so we were, like, watching these humpbacks, and then all of a sudden one just, like, does a headstand in the middle of the group, and we're like, but it was really okay. slow mo. It was like it went up, like held for like five, six seconds, and then like slowly went back down yeah. again. That's like... funny. I saw um, a whale kind of kind of did that today, where it was just like his tail was out for a few seconds, and it kind of waved it, and then just like sunk in. Yeah, this one was like, like completely vertical, like yeah. total wasn't, headstand. Mine wasn't out that much. But it was it was weird. Like you know how sometimes I swear whales like tease you, so they're like socializing a little bit, and they like kind of keep it interesting enough for you to stay. And then, like, they do nothing for 10 minutes straight but sleep. And you're like, dude, this sucks. And then you go to leave and they do a tail throw. And you're like, Perfect. Yeah, sometimes I, I think guess they know. we'll stay. <laughs> well, they're probably like, well, when the boat, if you think about it, the boat's just in neutral. And they can probably mm-hmm. feel, like, hear the vibration, you yeah. know, the engines. But then once you could put it in gear, they're like, oh, they're, what, something's changed. Like, they're moving or they're leaving, you know? Yeah. Like, and then you stop and then they, like, go back to being normal. But then you move again and then they're like, <laughs> Like, I think they know that. I tell people actually now on the microphone a lot more often than I used to is like if they've been intermittently doing behaviors, I'm like, OK, we're leaving. But honestly, all of you go to the back and look because I bet it's going to breach or tail slow throw or something. But we're going to go. But if you want to see it, go to the back and like 60 percent of the time they do. It happened right at the end of our summer. This summer I was um, I, I just I remember there was, it was like we we're leaving. It was a sunset trip. And my photo, it was actually kind of far away. I was like, I, f- I have a feeling this well is going to breach as soon as we leave. Because it was just kind of active around mm-hmm. near the boat. And then mm-hmm. it just sure enough did it. I feel like that happens like five out of a thousand. No, no, no. Five out of. <laughs> it does happen quite often though when you're leaving. I'd say more than half the time. If a yeah. whale's been intermittently active, it breaches when you leave. Yeah. wonder why. Well, there's a paper that came out a couple, like two years ago now, I think. That when groups form or groups separate of humpback whales, this is mostly from the breeding grounds that one whale will breach. Dude, that's what I th- said. So that's what I thought today. That whale, like all these whales lunch fed over off the right. And this thing just like didn't lunch feed. And then he kind of turned really quickly, did his little head lifting and then fluked up real high. And I was like, this thing just got kicked out of the feeding. <laughs> like they were like, he you got demoted. Like they were like, you can't sit at this table. You can't feed with us. And then, you can't sit with us. And then he like, he, so he did the, the one breach. Then he breached. I missed it. And then right after that breach, he did like 10 chin slaps in a row. Or like, no, nice. no, like, like, like six chin slaps in a row. And then mm. he just slowly like, there were less and less. And then he left. So maybe got, that's what he, he got. Probably pissed. kicked. He probably got kicked out. You're they right. Like you don't feed well. Like <laughs> you weren't, you weren't in the rhythm, man. You got to go. Yeah. I've seen gray whales do that on migration, too. I think you've been out with me before. We've seen, like, a group of five, six whales come together, and then, like, one gets kicked out and breaches and then leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, like, you're not our friend. 
So you had an all day trip this oh, yeah. week, oh, and Eva was that. on it. Yeah, I was. And you got to see what super duper duper rare transients. I know. What it the was heck? Awesome. It took until the end of the trip for us to work out who they were, didn't it? Wasn't oh, I think we heard when we got short. yeah when we got home, someone yeah. posted it. Yeah. Yeah, because you know what? Okay, I was at home when they were getting off the water because I had to work in the office. And oh, so you heard it. They called me. No, you called me when you got off the boat and you were coming home. And you're like, we saw these whales that were really weird. And you're like, I don't know if they're offshores or what. And I had seen your photos and they said, no, they're pretty big. I think they are transients. Yeah, we thought they were too big. That was the thing. But yeah. the way they were spread out in like a line formation, yeah. we thought that that's why they were kind yeah. of offshore. But I was like, they are transients, but I don't recognize that male. And then it turned out that they were killer whales from British Columbia. Yeah, How maybe. awesome. Two sightings of whales from freaking up north in, the, in less thousand, than a month. Over a thousand miles. Yeah. And they said it's the first time in 30 years they'd been seen in Monterey Bay, which is even Well, they've never, I don't think they said they've never been seen yeah. here. They've been seen, they in, never have. seen in Oregon, British Columbia, and Alaska. Nice. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I guess they're over 40 years old. Yeah, I mean, they looked like, that male looked like a big old yeah, male. Yeah, that was a big His male. fin was starting to ruffle in the back, so he's yeah. definitely old. That was incredible. Um, unfortunately, they were really traveling, so we didn't spend like a whole lot of time. But it was really amazing just to get to see them. Everybody, a lot of people were first time seeing orcas on the boat. Nice. So that's like my and favorite. And there was also a lot of boats around. Too. And it dropped my anxiety level from like a ten <laughs> to like a five <laughs> so, because you know everybody's coming on the trip to see killer whales because yeah. it's like killer whale season. Yeah, and know? the season's been slow, so I know you were sweating it. <laughs> yeah, and like our last sighting had been like fourteen days or something like that. Yeah. Um. So that was so, good. Check that so off the we list. Were like, I was like, okay, we saw them. You could go back to like something that's like. <laughs> we can go back to the humpback now. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. And you got to see, what else did you see this week? We Rizzo's, had, we humpbacks. We look at a mother and calf gray whale. But mm. it really was kind of, you blink and you miss it. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, you can't even see stealthy. it. You could see it underwater better than you could see the I've like, got like three or four photos of their blowhole and that's just it. Like yeah, nothing the snorkeling. else comes up. Yeah. Yeah, snorkeling great whales. And then we had we we saw humpbacks, maybe like one or two lunges, like sporadic, and no mm-hmm. one really saw it. And then mm-hmm. we, and then the breach, the breach that you called out, deafening everybody on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> breach. <laughs> and I thought someone like freaking. <laughs> she, yeah, she was sitting right next to me, and I thought someone like had died. I was like, dude, <laughs> what happened? Like, <laughs> Bringing excitement. She's like, no, right there. <laughs> Trip as well, so. yeah. So, everybody woke it got everybody back up, yeah. Nice, but the otter at this very start was cool. We got super close to that, yeah. he was eating a live crab, mm. yeah. Because I guess I didn't see it because I was inside talking to people because mm-hmm. I just we just you know barely left harbor, so I was still like meeting everyone. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I didn't even have my camera out yet. And I guess they said the cab the crab was still kicking, it was like, oh, cool. It was. Did fresh. you see it rip the claws off first? Yeah, it, you it, could yeah. hear it, we yeah, were that close, you could hear it ripping yeah. the claws off, and it kept rolling to kind of yeah. give it a salt water rinse, which was yeah. also pretty cool. Yeah, it was yeah. like right when the harbor just popped up with and it next to us, so we stopped. Two or three girls trying to like get yeah. it off, yeah, it, oh they're ruthless, goodness. yeah, they're beggars. I feel like the girls are really hormonal right now because they're setting up their nest because they have been like out of control on the wharf lately. <laughs> And it was the same because we saw sea lions later on. Was it? Were they feeding on? That's rock what I was gonna say. I don't. I didn't ever look at the photos. Oh my god! They were whacking the goals with the and a couple fish. of times the, the sea lion was yes, bad. <laughs> like he did a lot. And then, uh, and then after he finished the, f- the fish, he went to like kind of porpoise up out of the water. He mm-hmm. did some little jump. And, and almost hit the albatross and I and, have such a perfect person yeah it's that. like the albatross <laughs> kind of puts the brakes on and like dodges but you can see him totally stick his like his wings out far you know to like break yeah, yeah. it was really funny 
my yeah, so he almost hit the albatross. He definitely whacked some goals. <laughs> yeah. Oh I don't know what goodness. the fish was. I think it was a rock cod. Yeah, but it, like, it had an, I don't know. I'll have to look at it. Yeah. I don't know what type of rock cod. So if it was one. Well, yeah. we'll figure it out. Well, okay. So you got to see all the species you got to see. Humpbacks, killer whales. Rizzos. Rizzos. Gray whales. Sea otters, yeah. sea lions, sea harbor seals. We went harbor and saw harbor seals. I saw a breaching harbor porpoise. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah, she with did. With its penis out. <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> so I think we talked about this on the podcast before, but oftentimes when we see breaching harbor porpoise, it's a male after yeah. it's been mating. So sometimes there's still a little bit of a display. And, but uh, it was awesome. It breached the first time. And intense. I'm yelling because this is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, and again, like, I'm like, what, what happened? <laughs> everyone's watching the humpbacks and I'm like, no, this is the cool thing here. And then I get my camera ready to catch it again. And it's so close to the bow of the boat. My zoom's too big. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy it. Like, <laughs> I can't focus on this. And this is awesome. <sighs> I'm trying to think of anything else you saw. Okay, this is you a did pi- get to see an elephant seal with me when we went oh, to yeah, the we harbor did. seal. Rotary. Oh, is there today again? Yeah. I went, so we walked by there. Okay, but this is a prime example of spending more than two or three days in Monterey and going on. And you only went on basically, let's just say, the morning trip for all mm-hmm. the days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you saw, you know, like five different things. Right. And every trip was completely different. Oh, so different. Yeah. So this is why you have to plan more than one day. Yes. You don't have to. Even that one day can be special. That's true. But. Two or three days. If you have insane. something specific on your list, yeah, you I was should gonna try say, if you're coming here days. to see something, you shouldn't just beg on, okay, I'm going to go on this way, I'll watch, I'm going to see it, and then go do something else. You need to yeah. schedule Especially because you got here right when the weather was calming back down again. Because it was like the day yeah. before you here I was, know, I was stressed. Was oh, yeah. The first day I was here, there was some not happy people on the boat. Let's just say yeah. that. Dude, oh, I have another trip, May 8th. And like the weather, I keep every day. Every day you get a new like. <laughs> every day you get like that one day further in the like weather um like forecast. Forecast, and so like it's on like May fourth right now that I can see up until, <laughs> and it's like flat calm all this week until May fourth, and I'm like, oh no, it's just gonna, it's gonna absolutely rip. Oh, no. If you're on the May eighth trip, watch out. <laughs> no, it's gonna be fine. Knocking on wood. Take all the ginger ale. <laughs> no, we're going. We're going. We'll find them. Whales, some sorts. <laughs> yeah, dude, I told you about the harbor seal walking up to the elephant seal. Oh, the baby one. Yeah, I walked yeah. up to it, and the, and the elephant seal was like, rah. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm not your mom. Yeah. There was a cool, harbor, there was a little baby harbor seal, like, on his back, like, with his flippers up, and, like, just, like, laying there, like, Aww. I don't know, rolling around. I like when they get rolled in the waves. And <laughs> we were, we sat around. watching them for quite a while, and it was yeah. hilarious. Getting yeah. absolutely tossed, and especially when they're coming in for the swim lessons, the mum had got out of the water, and the baby's trying to catch up, but couldn't get out. <laughs> we had one trying to climb on a rock, and it was, like, trying to get up, and it was, like, doing these, like, motions, and then it kind of, like, just fell back again and then the mo- it looked like the mom pretty much just grabbed it and like yeah. pulled it away she from the rock because it couldn't get on it the other morning actually i was standing outside of the office at the wharf and a mom and pup were just hanging out underneath the pier just looking around swimming around it was, <gasps> was so it a pretty big cute pup? no it wasn't a very big pup uh-huh. like it was probably one that was born um on the other side of the wharf between um like on the rec trail you know how there's that little rookery oh, yeah, over there yeah, yeah. i think it was one of those pups and it was just like you know how they draft off the mom's back and they're like just basically on top of her while yeah. they're swimming it was so cute she's like and this is where they get rock fish she's like and this is where the <laughs> when fishermen I'm, when eat I'm lazy, us. yeah <laughs> 
talking of babies, that was also really awesome. I can't remember which trip it was on, but there was a sea otter with the baby like on Aww. its belly, and it was yeah. like grooming it, and it was honestly the cutest thing. It was right by the boat, and oh my goodness, nice. It was so sweet. But I think by this point, all the passengers weren't even looking because they were like, "I need to get back to dry land." <laughs> and his oh, was on the way in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the way in, everybody's all right. Yeah, the, the Dramamine's been kicking in for several hours, or they were sick, and yeah. Lay starfish on they're the back done. of the boat. Yeah, they're done. I'd they're much toast. rather do the sea lions at the end of the trip, though, so we can get out there, like, right away. Yeah, it kind of, yeah, it kind of depends it on the captain. It doesn't matter either way, yeah. But Everyone we did it coming different. back in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Friday, so my day out on the water was pretty good in the morning. Slater actually got some really good drone footage yeah, from the morning sweet. trip. Oh, the belly video. Yeah. yeah. It's like the rumbling. Not the belly, it's just the pleats. But yeah, like, the whale like lunge feeds and like flips over upside down. It is upside down, but isn't it cool how the water is at the end of this? The, it's not the stomach, but it's like the end of the like pleats. The throat pleats. Yeah. You can see the rippling of the motion of the whale stopping. It sucks because you want to call it like it's belly, but it's not. It's just, like the water. Cause, <laughs> cause of, because of the way it like You can see the undulation rolls, of yeah. the, like it's as so the whale awesome. slowing down and then the water in the throat is catching up and then it. Yeah, it's, it's like, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll use depression. that 10 second clip for the like thing. With your noises, you know. <laughs> <in the show. laughs> I can do that. <laughs> yeah, it was That's a how good they day. do it on the BBC. Oops. <laughs> Some guys in the back. <laughs> BTS right here. <laughs> you can put that in GarageBand and just edit it up a little bit. But yeah, that was good. And you know what? Um, I, at one point, I don't know if you heard me say it, during the trip, I was like, was that a gray whale wandering through the feeding humpback yeah, whales? Yeah, I think we saw it was near, like, another boat somewhere, right? Yeah, so then, so then Eric was on Blue Ocean, and we were out with Discovery, and he actually got a photo of it. And I was like, I thought I saw one, because we were right next to each other. And today, Danny on the boat said he saw a gray whale feeding with the humpbacks. Yeah. Literally, like, coming. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. He's like, that's not a humpback. Yeah. <laughs> and he saw it come up. Well, like, a couple a couple days in a row feeding. now. Yeah. Yeah. So Eric said that to me a couple days ago. He said, you know, I think there's a gray whale in there trying to eat anchovies. And, and the reports, actually, of the gray whales this season has been really bad. You know, yeah. there's a lot of skinny whales. There wasn't very many whales in the lagoons. And now we we're up now to, like, 30 dying. mortalities on the northbound migration. Yeah, now they're so. dying from killer whales. Well, yeah, and then there's that, too. But also just adult whales are dying, you know, on the northbound migration. And that actually, to me, it's not terribly surprising because Jim Sumich actually kind of suspected something like this would happen. So after the late 90s El Nino, the early 2000s, there was a pretty big die-off on the preceding um, – or the following two northbound migrations because the whales basically like ran out of gas and so i think that's what's happening now is like we had that warm water blob and that weird el nino thing in 2013 to 2015 and now it's like all catching up with them they didn't forage very well the last few years and now they're kind of running out of steam as they head north again so we'll see what happens but it's definitely been a slow year for gray whales and it's been a slow year for killer whales because of that as well i think not as many births so We'll I see. Hope, I hope it's just a later, because I, I guess it's definitely it, it was later. A later. It was a whole like the the beginning portion of the migration was late too. So right, yeah, and then yeah, I mean we had and it was so May weird. 8th is like, gonna be awesome. The peak <laughs> on the southbound migration was like right at the end of January, whereas the last few years had been more in the middle, yeah. and then. It was all at once. It was like all of a sudden, like hundreds of whales a day were going by Monterey, and I was like, "Whoa!" That's what happened this year. It was like fifty plus a trip. Yeah, easy. Like, yeah, for, but easy. only for like four days, right? I mean, I mean, like really fifty plus an hour, time. honestly. Yeah, 
It was crazy. That's yeah. insane. 50, 50 whales an hour, no problem. It like was just the, like, like the ACS January trip is only two hours, and we still saw over 50 whales yeah. in two hours. That's pretty impressive. Okay, yeah. so on the boat, you're telling me that you've been to Iceland. Yes. And where else did you say you went um, for whales? I've been, for whales, I've been to Australia, Iceland, um, off the coast of Europe, so in Spain, Italy. I've been on a cruise around the Canaries um, and the Azores, which was awesome, um, working as a wildlife officer. And then I've been also off the coast of Canada, so Nova Scotia, where actually I met oh, yeah. Caitlin, yeah. over at Rye Island. And then I've oh. been on the west coast as well, so just north of Vancouver Island. So well, on the little islands dang, up there. What? Did She's you do like a volunteer million? thing with Cape Ann out of Massachusetts too? Sort of? <laughs> but you've been whale watching out um, of there. Yes, I've been whale watching out of Massachusetts for the last... <laughs> Four, five, five years, I think. What? I think, it, I think it's four or five years now. Oh my gosh! Like every summer, and they're like, wow, "Oh my goodness, even everywhere back for again. whales." I thought I was cool. She's living the high life, really. Yeah, what the hell? But she doesn't live in a place where you can see whales, so I guess you have to decide. My which first one. ever whale was a minke whale. I'll never forget it. It was in the Outer Hebrides in Scotland, and it was really a stinky minke. It's one of those ones I smelt it. And then I saw it and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm hooked. This is, this is my first whale. It's That's Minky Minky. Hooked, but Minky will hook you in. Yeah, I know. You really are. <laughs> you really must love whales if a Minky whale got you captured. Um, you said you went whale watching in Italy. Where was it? Was it start with a G? Um, it was in, um, what, in the Gibraltar Strait? No. It was like Genova, Geneva. Gen- some, I forget. There's a place that I was looking on Instagram. <laughs> and, they, and they see like pilot whales or something maybe? Oh, yeah, there's um, Tomares is, I think... I have to uh, look it up. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that's more off the coast of Spain, though, because they definitely go out of Spain. Mm. But they're so close to each other, you're sharing the sea through there anyway. Yeah. yeah. And um, they see a lot of pilot whales. They see a lot of orca, actually, too. Um, lots of... It's more dolphin species than whales. There, I was doing fin whale research off the coast of Barcelona, mm-hmm. which was pretty awesome, and that was mother calf pairings. Mm. Um but yeah, more so odontocetes in mm-hmm. Europe, especially yeah. in England. It's well, they more see so sperm whales porpoises. in the Mediterranean too. Yeah, harbour porpoises is the main one. Um, bottlenose dolphins mm-hmm. are pretty common. Yeah. Sometimes you see the common dolphins. And then whale-wise, it's minkies and the occasional humpback. This year in particular, we've had a lot more humpback reporting oh, cool. than we have. You know, they actually started whale watching out of Cork in Ireland like more regularly the last five years, too, because they've been seeing more whales there. Someone writes me on Facebook. I forget her name right now, but she always lets me know when they do have humpback show up, and it sounds like they're seeing them more and more. Yeah. I mean, when I was... So I went to Ireland in 2013, and it wasn't really a thing there because I looked because I was like... I was almost done with school, and I was like, no, I want to start watching whales anywhere I go on vacation. And there wasn't really anything. And then literally the next year, they were like, all these humpback whales and fin whales off of Cork, Ireland. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> they really the increased tours off the east coast of Scotland now because they've got the resident bottlenose dolphin population. Mm-hmm. I've actually been adopting one of their bottlenoses. My mum got it for me for my fifth birthday. Oh, my gosh. Her name is Rainbow, and I still adopt her. And I keep getting the, the adoption certificates like, congratulations, you have now reached 15 years of adoption. <laughs> and, like, it just keeps going up to, like, 16, 17. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And that was really, like, what do you want for your birthday when I was five? I want a dolphin. <laughs> I want to adopt a dolphin. <laughs> That's funny. I have found- you ever been to see fungi? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So this was all I wanted to do when my parents were like, where do you want to go on holiday? What do you want to do? I want to go see fungi. 
What is so, that? Fungi is the most famous bottlenose dolphin in Ireland. Is he still there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like a super old, singular, no pod bottlenose dolphin. Oh, is it the one that people swim with or something? Yeah. Um, um, they used to. Of, yeah. They say that he's like crankier in his old age. And he's not like right up by the harbor, but there's lots of photos of people when he was young. He, they would like jump off the docks and swim with him. So it was my, it was our first tri- like proper trip, and we went to go see fungi because this is all I wanted to do. I think I was maybe six years old. My brother, I think, was four, <laughs> and they've got this copper sculpture just on the harbor of fungi. So there's this yeah. picture of me in and my Dingle. brother like eating ice lollies. Yeah, yeah, literally in Dingle with this statue of fungi. We go out on the boat three times. Turns out everyone in my family is ridiculously seasick <laughs> so my poor dad is throwing up everywhere that which makes then my brother like really upset because obviously he's young and then my mum's just like not feeling good and i'm just there like where is fungi <laughs> of course we didn't we didn't see you didn't see no, him we were there for three days nothing no but i was just i did it didn't matter so i was never there saw it? where he lived like uh... no never you so we, when we went to Dingle, we heard about it, but we didn't. There was no really any boat tours, so we didn't go. But, but yeah, pictures, Fungi Dingle. Yeah, I actually, he awesome. has a Facebook page. I follow yeah. it. <laughs> he has some absolutely awesome pictures. And he loves one, the boat. Sometimes yeah. he like breaches right in the wake, right next to the boat. There's, and there's one that I think one of the most famous images. He's coming right out of the water, and you can literally like see a person next to it. Yeah, and you can just see the size comparison. Fungi is huge. Yeah. No, he, there's this one guy that goes out in a sailboat all the time, and Fungi, like, loves him. So there's always these photos of him and this guy. Do you, so like, I saw Fungi right the now. Dingle Dolphin in Ireland bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, when I was younger, this is all I wanted to do. All I wanted out of everything was to go to Ireland and see Fungi. And, I mean, call me crazy, but... <laughs> hey, look, here's a sculpture. Yeah, yeah, I have a picture of that, and I'm wearing this, like, rose velvet like totally outfit. 90s outfit totally 90s outfit <laughs> eating one of those like ice pops which is lots of little ice balls in my hand with the biggest smile on my face with this green like emerald necklace like this so is the just best one? day of my life where's, <laughs> his, where's his pot at this, this just this, one hey this one has a m- multiple right here sometimes other dolphins will come well, into the bay that he lives in interact with for a little while but fungi is very yeah. quite territorial yeah he just stays by himself in the bay after they leave He's he a just stays man. <laughs> He's a crusty old man now. That's funny. How old do you think he is? Oh, oh my goodness. Well, Probably like 40 or 50 I th- years I old. I was going to say, he's definitely older than I am. Yeah. He's definitely older than 30, based on the stories I heard when we were there. Wow, that's awesome. My favorite bottlenose right there. Still still never seen him. One day. <laughs> One day it will happen. Well, I want to go whale watching in Ireland. Well, when you're over there, let yeah, me know. Yeah, let's go. That is in my neck of the woods. All right, so do you have any trips planned in the future for whale watching after this one? Oh my goodness. Okay, so for whale watching, no, but I am going to China in August to teach environmental sustainability to kids in a summer camp, which is pretty awesome. And then come September, my masters will be done. I'm free as a bird, and hopefully I'll be working on either whale watching boats or cruise ships. So that's the plan, naturalizing and photographing. Because the cruise ships aren't going to stop for whales, then. Well, like, on, like, land or something, you know, like, the small... Oh, More for science like communication, that. you know? Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about, like, cruise ships, like, you no. know, cruises. The ones yeah. where, like, they hire naturalists on purpose for that kind of thing. So you're out on deck. I mean, I've done it before. I did it around the 
canaries in the azores and it was awesome because you've just got a really engaged group of people mm-hmm. and you chat to them about what you're seeing why you're seeing it what they're doing and then you, if they want you know over dinner you just talk about it more and it's a really good platform to get your message across and yeah. get them to make you know those small differences that make basically, a big difference yeah you basically have a forced captive audience <laughs> literally <laughs> So you tell them whatever conservation messaging you want to tell them to accompany all of your information. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you learned from the blue whales? Well, I can't give you away too many of my secrets, but so far we're looking at amplifying all the DNA. So while I'm here, it's actually been sent off for sequencing. So when I get back on Monday, I'm going to have all of their basically genomes to look through and I'm looking at the control region. Um, So I basically take all of my samples, line them all up, and I'm using different primers to see where they're binding and looking for mutations in different individual strands to basically see the difference in genetic diversity between the Western population, the Eastern population, and the Central population and see basically the differences. Because at the moment it's said that there's four subspecies, then there's further subdivision based on cetacean management and things like that. So it's basically seeing how far of that much of that is accurate and reliable or how much of it's changed over time yeah because not a lot of genetic work has been done particularly in the north atlantic on blue whales because obviously there's so much data missing from certain areas or certain regions or Mm -hmm. the data what i'm finding at the moment is a lot of it's really degraded so it's really hard to actually amplify the dna from because there's the bones are in such poor shape that We're not getting much from it, which is a shame, but we're working at the minute. To, I'm designing my own primers to basically try and get longer strands mm-hmm. for the control region so we can do some comparison work because it'd be such a shame not to be able to <laughs> so, so, um, <laughs> to so use all the samples. Basically, kind of sound like, uh, I feel like I'm in school right <laughs> So basically, like, the primers are um, her own version of what she thinks the DNA needs to be almost a complete strand so that she can get all the information she can out of each sample. So oftentimes if it's a well-known species, they have the primers kind of like preset. They're like, oh yeah, definitely put it in this and you'll get what you want. The blue whales, it's kind of like... So basically we found a lot of the primers from the literature aren't working on my samples, which is obviously a real shame, but they're also historic samples and a lot of the ones in the literature are from modern samples. So again, it's the degradation over time. But what is really important is you need to be able to amplify a region that previous papers have also amplified. So then you can compare because if you're amplifying your own region, which nobody else has ever amplified before, A, you're probably amplifying the wrong region for genetic analysis because there's such a slow like mutation rate for blue whales because they're so large compared to something like a map mouse or yeah, like a rat or something like that exactly yeah. so the rate of mutation is much slower and the genetic turnover is much slower mm-hmm. but if you're com- so you need something that you, you can then compare to other primers exactly <laughs> But you need to make them so you can compare them to other people's work. Otherwise, she's making her own custom DNA cocktail. That's I like that. I'm making my own DNA cocktail. You ever write notes down so you don't forget? <laughs> oh, you should see my notes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so Eva's basically making her own custom blue whale of the Atlantic cocktail. 
to try and understand how related they are. Yes, that's exactly that's what I'm good. doing. What Let me just all... write your abstract for you for SMM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you in three days. <laughs> I was going to say, what if they're all, like, one species? Like, they're just all over. They're spread out. That's how far they're spread they're out. Well, well, that's we soon know, to be we... found out. Well, but then we already know that the ones in the Southern Hemisphere are, like, smaller. Well, like, they could, so, they could all be one population in the Atlantic. So you're saying, like, this is a whole, like, common dolphin, like, short beak, long beak thing, or no? No, it'd be more like pygmy, no, so it'd be like the different humpback whale populations. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Or, like... The different breeding groups. Yeah, so not different ecotypes, though. Mm, Obviously, probably there's... not. The pygmy blue whale and blue whales would different, probably be subspecies or ecotypes, but... Is it going you... only meaning that they feed on different feed on different things though well the, they're morphologically different too the pygmy blue whale and the regular yeah. blue whale <laughs> when you start talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's slightly different uh, for example like the killer whale or the orca ecotypes where you've got the type a the type mm-hmm. b the type c the type d it's slightly different to that because obviously they're trying well they're currently working out if the type d is actually a new or separate species well and honestly they may end up quite a few of them being subspecies too like yeah. just don't really understand a lot of it it's like the, the pseudo orca yeah like they may have they... ecotypes too well yeah well i mean like I, i'm obviously i don't think anyone here has seen them eat a dolphin like in newport beach when mm-hmm. we see them when they've seen them um we it's always white sea bass or yellowtail or other like fish and in hawaii i, I think it's hawaii in the, in the first opening scene of our planet it's false killer whale chasing spinner dolphin. Mm. Side note, our planet is awesome. <laughs> Caitlin still hasn't seen any of it. Caitlin! Someone told me there's killer whales in it, and I feel like I missed it. Was there killer whales in the I'm pretty sure. Not the first two episodes, but I Weren't they in the ocean was, uh, episode? Huh? There's like two ocean episodes. There's like yeah, the first two have been oceans mostly so far. Yeah, there but was some polar bear stuff. But it was stuck in the Antarctic, maybe. They said they were, ki- they were kicking penguins, someone told me. I feel like I feel like they're watching a different thing. Oh, I thought the penguin stuff was with leopard seals. I don't remember the killer... Oh, no, there was a little bit of killer whales because I had to rewind it because one killer whale jumped over the top of the other one. And the- <laughs> so I'm like, trying to rewind oh, the episode. <laughs> I was like, wait, did you oh, see that? Ultimate whale like, nerd right here. The penguin footage was insane. It was them all swimming yeah, through yeah, the water. Yeah. That was cool, yeah. yeah. Side note. Yeah, a little bit of a you detail. Don't watch our planet, you're flipping missing out. Yeah. Okay, we have something to talk about, and you were there as well. The ACS meeting on yes. Jason... Jason Colby, the author of... Orca. Orca. How we came to know and love this apex predator? Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> Got it in one. I was actually listening to it on the audiobook. Yeah, I'm on like chapter one, six times over. <laughs> six times over. No, oh, whoops, I, missed I'm, that bit. I'm probably like 40 minutes in or something, because I'm listening yeah. to it on Audible. Orca, how we came. Yeah, so that was interesting. So Jason Colby spoke at the Monterey Bay ACS meeting at the end of April, um, and I feel like he summoned these Washington and BC whales because they both came, like, there was two sightings before his meeting. I feel like he The day before. Okay. Yeah, and then the day before was the second one. So the book is Orca, How We Came to Know and Love the Ocean's Greatest Predator. There you go. And you it's on the history of killer whales. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's not like the science. It's like more of like just the history of what he, how humans human thought of them. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Some so, crazy stuff. So I got to go out to dinner with Jason because I'm on the board for ACS Monterey, and so we take the speaker out to dinner before they speak. And he's like a maritime history guy, so he looks at how humans interpret like fishing and whale watching and, and nature. Basically, he's at the University of Victoria in British Columbia, and so that's what he was writing this book on. And he's actually about to start another book about gray whales, so he's going to be back in Monterey again to do research. Um, for his next book about how humans have interacted with gray whales over history. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool. But yeah, I like his perspective looking back at the history of like, you know, at first we were terrified of them and then we tried to kill them and then maybe they were our friends and then they were a money-making opportunity. And now it's like... It's turned into an industry, we have basically. A lot of feelings. <laughs> and now we're trying to save them. Some of them. Yes. But it's super awesome what you're saying about the grey whales because he's going to be back and forth at, between Monterey Bay and obviously his home. But he's saying a lot of his time is going to be spent interviewing people and getting mm-hmm. like the people's perspective and the history yeah. of that side of things as opposed to obviously going out on the boat every day to see the grey whales. North, right. To like the Bering Sea. Well, I think he's going to try and cover the whole range. Yeah, so I think he's going to go He did a good job with the, the Southern residents. Yeah. Like that whole thing. Yeah, it was really interesting to see like the pop culture little moments for killer whales, like, you know. And Stuff I had never heard about. Movies and newspaper articles, like that one in San Francisco, slaughtered hundreds of seals and attacked a lighthouse skiff, you know. They're yeah. truly ocean Some of those predators. headlines he showed us were absolutely <laughs> crazy. Oh, I know, and people believed it. Yeah. And They're then, like, oh, no, they actually just eat herring. These are from Norway, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they just shot them with machine guns and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they used to think that they were competitive for fishing, and so they would, like, do hunts of them to eliminate them as competition, and especially in the Antarctic, but anywhere they were trapping fur seals, really. They were like, oh, these killer whales are eating all our food, you know, eating all our furs, and so we're going to kill them to so that we don't compete with them. <sighs> crazy, crazy, And they crazy. started realizing they could make money off them because people were so fascinated with them. <laughs> My favorite story was the... The guy that like put his feet in the water, oh, yeah, and the killer whale down. raked his feet, and it was the killer whale that was being kind of ornery that day. So he just like sat there, the trainer sat there, and like put his feet in the water and was like trying to. He was like a neuro neuroscientist. Yeah. The the killer whale was not responding to his test anymore. Right. He did right. it like ten. It like did it perfectly ten times in a row. It's zero percent correct. And then the next yeah. time he went back to do it, did it zero. She did times. it intentionally incorrect. Yeah. yeah. And so then he put his feet in the water, and she scraped his feet with her teeth. And then she went around the tank seriously 11 times. And then on the 12th time, he left his feet in the water after she scraped, because he, like, reacted every time. And after she scraped his feet the 12th time, he left his feet in the water. And she, like, made some kind of, like, vocalization towards him and looked at him and left him alone. And he was like, I have become the test subject. (laughs) She has become the teacher. She's the scientist. Yeah, and their intelligence know, is underrated. Yes, majorly and, you know, so. Eva and I had an interesting um, little side chat there briefly during the meeting. So he talked about um, seeing a million fish or something, a million of something. And I said to Eva, I said, "How many people don't see a million of any animal anymore?" And we were saying the only thing that we can think of that you would see a million of is maybe birds. Yeah, I mean, but if you're yeah. if you're not into wildlife, think about someone who lives like very inland, 
And if you're not into wildlife, you may not see a million of a single species in your whole life. Easily. Like, I'm, I'm sure I've seen over a million sooty shearwaters, but I'm super into wildlife. I've well, seen over a million sitting. by the wind sailors. But in a few, you know, in my lifetime, I've oh, seen yeah, a million, seen a million of, jellies. of several different species, right? Jellyfish. Yeah, from last year. Yeah. Anchovies. You can see a Anchovies. Trillion. Yeah. <laughs> but think about that now. Like, in 2019, there are people that are going to go their whole life without seeing a million of anything. Yeah. It's an it's a interesting thing to think about. Well, even people don't see, like, five of anything. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even, you could live your whole life without seeing a million pigeons. Um, I think it was the Maybe not in England. (laughs) In the book, they're talking about that, the whale that you talked about, Moby Doll, that they shot with a harpoon, that they said Mm -hmm. was a female, but ended up being a male. Um, When they had it, I forget where they had it at first, the, the, like, marine aquarium place. They had it in a pen out front, you know, Mm -hmm. in the, still in the bay. Mm -hmm. What was doing the long, the long calls. Yeah. Um... And then they finally heard another killer whale respond, like, oh. two miles away oh. at, like, uh, under some bridge or, like, mm-hmm. you know, in the mm-hmm. somewhere in the, like, the Pacific Northwest. In the sound. And then, yeah, and then so I guess they moved the pen somewhere else to where it would be, like, more uh, just in a better, a different area. And then I guess the killer whale, some of the killer whale showed up. Oh. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be so amazing. I mean, to if they could let go of Lolita and just introduce her to next. See if her pod would remember her. They said a the lot same. Of them are still alive. They said the same about Lolita though. For the first X number of years, I don't remember how many it was. She would call mm-hmm. for hours on end and wait yeah, for a response a that never happened. Do. Well, especially if they're from the wild, if they're not captive bred. Yeah. You know, they they grew up with a culture from their home pod. They still remember. I just really think that, like, for the last couple years, can they, you know, give her a shot with her pot? I think that'd be so cool. Yeah. I think they would look cooler if they did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that might maybe help them out a little bit. That would actually boost their reputation. Yeah. How cool would that be if they, because I think, what, they think she's part of the L pod? Mm hmm. That'd be insane. We saw Elpod. She could have been here. I know. She could have been here. She, We could have seen her in Monterey. Perspective. Yeah. She's still alive. She's still, you know. She could have totally the been here. The longest... 64 or something? Or she was born in 64 and so... Mm-hmm. The orca that's been kept in captivity for the longest period of time. Is Lolita. Yeah. 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 I wonder what they feed her. Fish. Dead fish. I know, but like, I mean, like, is it salmon? No. I don't think so. It's frozen and then thawed. But she probably might, wouldn't do well. She probably would be, like, not... She probably, I, I uh, mean, you don't know, though, because they're, like, they're family-oriented animal, and there's... Might just be like, no, we eat salmon. Where is that one killer whale that has a very damaged dorsal fin, and, like, some of his pod helps him forage? Oh, the one with the missing? Yeah. No, but that's peck fins. Oh, maybe it is peck fins. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's in Norway. Yeah. And now, they, I read an article, I'm not even kidding you, a few weeks ago, saying that orca is now the matriarch. And is now leading the pod, and it's because the other members of the pod would catch the food and then bring it to the quote disabled orca because it had no peck fins, and it's now thriving. Like it's not only survived being a calf and you know early child years, but it's it's thriving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Because they're so sentient as well that yeah, yeah, these bonds you know are just incomprehensible in some <laughs> in some factors. 
crazy. I don't know. That's my challenge. That's so smart. Put her out there, see what happens. Dude, that'd be so cool. Like, if you guys want, I'll help you. <laughs> Well, I'll help you. Talking of Auckland, Norway, though, I went last year with two of my really good friends from Iceland that I met while I was working over there. And then two of my Norwegian friends, we went to go see the whales because it was peak time. Um, it was actually when Jodie was there, too. Oh, yeah. um, and we went on quite a few different whale watches. Nothing. And it's because the herring was at such low capacity that no, like none of the whales had come into the region and jody just saw them because she went quite a few hours further north than i was i think it was five or six five hours further north driving wow. um and she only saw a few wow. and that was supposed to be there you know prime time and no wells not even you know idle wells no wells last season was good though it seems like everybody that i know that went there had like a lot of videos of big but numbers. it does sound like the whales have been shifting the last few years i've heard that from but i'm people. saying it's getting later and later and yeah. later that they're arriving because we went i think it was the second or third week of either november or december anyway it was supposed to be prime time they're supposed to you know have been there already and settled in but no wells no not nothing oh wow that's neat yeah i think everything's shifting over there don't get I, me wrong it was a great trip but it was a wellness trip wow that's not, also proof you go around the world to see whales and sometimes you don't see them even if you spend a week there yeah we are so lucky here <laughs> we're so spoiled I mean, our humpbacks are back in, like, big numbers already, though. It's pretty early. Yeah. I don't remember any of the last... The yet. last two Aprils was not I've like seen this. so many humpbacks this week. Or was it, like, this last April? I kind of wasn't here. Uh, well, it wasn't that much lunge feeding yet this year. There's a lot of whales and a lot of feeding whales. There's definitely not 100 whales here, but there's, like... 124. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, like, 35-plus easily. Like, there's 50 whales. Yeah. Probably in the bay. I mean, maybe in the whole bay, like, yeah. from Big Sur to Davenport. There's over 100 whales, but consistently on a whale watch, you're seeing like 25 to 30. Consistently, like 10 miles from Moss, there's like probably 30 whales in the yeah. area. Yeah. And so, even yeah. when you're watching whales, you just see blows literally 360 yeah. degrees yeah, around the boat in the distance. Yeah, into the prime area where there's a lot of fish around, I mean, everywhere you look, there's whales. There was some ding-dongs today driving around boats. Mm. Right through the whales. Bummer. Everyone on the boat was like... It happened Friday, too, though. Remember the whales crossed underneath us and then went like, I just don't get it because the these people the are on small crazy. skiffs. Like, some are on, like, 15-foot skiffs. Yeah. And, like, dude, the like whale's probably not going to get hurt. <laughs> Honestly, that... the whale's probably not going to get hurt, but the two guys that are standing on the boat... Oh, and they're going to get hurt. It's what we saw yesterday afternoon, this little tiny boat with two people on it. If it had... Oh, yeah. Two seconds earlier, and they would have collided. Literally yeah. went over exactly where the whale had just fluked. Yeah. And there was three of the whales, too. So, I mean, one of their flippers is if a ton. private boat, slow down when you're around a big charter boat. They be might respectful. Be whales. The thing is, is they all think that they're fishing. Yeah. You know? They think that the boat is fishing, that the big boat is fishing. So, they're like, well, we'll troll around them. Yeah. Must be a lot of fish there. Pay yeah. attention. Yeah. If you see a blow, go slow. <laughs> Classic. We picked up a lot of blooms the other day, huh? Yeah, we did a lot of blooms. Like we were picking up a lot of blooms. We picked up one from on the old day. day. I think oh we picked up four. Gosh. It's yeah. April, and you picked up a Valentine's Day. And they bloom. did. A, they did a Newport Beach yesterday too. Wow. And as a side note, we picked up a note a balloon with a note on it, and it was to a loved one. And it's like there are so many ways that you can show your respects rather than writing a note on a balloon and releasing it because it ends up in the ocean. Yeah. 
And then you're well, just causing further damage. On it. Because they, they do them as tributes. Yeah. And then they let go of them being like... Yeah, this was like an entire family. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Someone on Instagram one time, I like a, a friend of mine was at this event. And they literally left out like hundreds of balloons. I was just like... Ooh. I wrote him like, that's so stupid. And he was like, well, it's not me. I can't do anything. And it wasn't his fault, you know. He yeah. was just there. But I was just like, dude, I can't even imagine seeing someone let go of like hundreds of balloons. Companies used to do it. Where was it? It was somewhere in America that they let go a million... Of let go of a million balloons for the release. It was something crazy. Like six years later, these balloons, because they were all logoed and branded, were still washing up. And some of them got as far as England, you know? Like, really? it, yeah. They, or wow. s- it was like crazy. The ducks thing. The you know, the ducks ducks yeah. In, uh, and the Nike shoes. When was that? The duck thing? In the early 2000s. They're not saying they're still saying Mo- now, They wrote they? a book about it called Moby Duck, didn't they? I'm not sure. They wrote a book about it. Was it in Blue Planet or something? Or uh, was the original it in... Blue Planet, maybe. It's in the ocean one. What is it? Is it Blue Planet? Yeah, Blue Planet. It's in Blue Planet. Yeah. Yeah, there's a book about it too, though. And then also there was a very famous um, spill of a bunch of Nike shoes, and they tracked where all the Nike shoes of that specific make and model washed up on. What's amazing for is years. they could literally be like two inches from each other, and then like split off into different currents. Mm-hmm. You know? And then end up in different countries yeah. on different continents. Yeah. It's crazy. Totally. I mean, there's, and there's also to think more about that, there's wildlife that disturbance around the ocean like that too, like the leatherback sea turtle, right? The ones we see in Monterey come from Indonesia, and whatever current is prevalent when they hit the beach, that's where they end up, and that's where they return on their migration as adults. They lay down like a chemical signature of that, of that current, and then that's where they navigate for the next for the rest of their life to go turtles pee. are crazy dude they're like magic yeah is there their really whole like are. migration thing is weird yeah. like the whole like going straight back to where you came yeah. from even if it's a billion miles away i yeah. saw a picture last week i can't remember where it was but the beach that this turtle obviously it was its breeding beach it's where it kept going back every year had been industrialized oh yeah and it's a blitz yeah yeah and it was a picture trip. of this turtle obviously ready like about to pop with eggs on an on a landing strip because that's yeah because that's what it's you know home beach had turned into Uh, yeah i mean think about by the wind sailors so 50 percent of them are born with or um form a sail on one axis and then 50 percent form a sail on the other axis so they immediately blow away from each other so you only have all the ones on the same axis in the same place after they bloom and like they just ride the currents and the waves wherever they end up Sometimes you see literally millions of them all in the same place because the wind just carried them all there. These kind of things, I mean, we just don't even, we have no idea what kind of impact we're making on it, you know? Like, wildlife oh, use the same currents it. that our trash makes. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So you're going back home tomorrow? Yeah, so I've got the entire day in L.A., so I may go up to Newport or down to Newport and do some well watching out of there. And then I fly out, I think it's quarter past midnight Monday morning. So it's going to be a big time difference. 12 a.m. Yeah, you guys don't tell the time like I tell the time. <laughs> no, Eva was trying to help me in the office today. And she, or a couple of days ago, she was like, yeah, we're just meeting back there at a quarter two. And they were like, what? <laughs> like 8:45. <laughs> Everyone looked at me the like I was crazy. Two, like, like a quarter to the quarter, next hour. Like quarter to nine is 8:45. You say quarter two, and you don't have to say like 
Well, I thought... <laughs> I'd normally say quarter to nine, but I mean, I think at this point it was like 8.30. So we're like, meet at quarter to outside, like... Yeah. Knew what the next time was gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to make some assumptions. assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly well, I was wrong. Quarter to what? <laughs> <laughs> if, I missed, if, I missed, if she was in her office and I missed the well, because she's like, a quarter to two, I'm like, no! Predation. I'm writing a Yelp review. I'm writing a Yelp review. <laughs> Language barrier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's a uh, quarter to two. 53 minutes right now. <laughs> All right, well, so you drove whale bones. Uh, you had an awesome trip in Monterey. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Is that all you're doing with the science stuff? Is just the bones just blew up? Just. For now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's my master's. And my master's is genetics on blue whales. My undergrad was harbour porpoise and white beak dolphin acoustics. That was in Iceland. And then, yeah, like I said, next steps is up and coming to be determined come September. We will see. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. Hopefully you get to work in the field in your next step a lot more. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping to basically naturalize and take photos and just love life on, on the water instead of you know, behind a lab, drilling and doing tests with the pipettes. <laughs> you and that bone powder hanging out in the lab. <laughs> yeah, you should see my genes. Oh my goodness, they're covered in whale DNA. <laughs> Basically, it just looks like my specs, you guys. <laughs> when you said genes, I thought you were talking about, like, genes. Like, oh, my really genes, genes, yeah. Well, my <laughs> genes are whale genes, you know. <laughs> All intermingled. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we had Eva on the podcast. That's yes. awesome. I learned a lot of science. It's been a like, pleasure. Yeah. Science. I'm probably going to ask Kaylin questions for like the next year. Yeah, right. What does this mean again? Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear Eric's whale report. Oh, I'm uh, jealous already. Yeah, I'm so I'm salty. I don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it? I mean. I His photos so <laughs> far? Oh my goodness. He's texting me a bunch. I'm like, okay, no. Stop. <laughs> We get it, okay? FOMO, leave us alone. And Grey Well head to head. I'm just yeah. like, oh, you guys are gonna, the next podcast is going to be Eric talking about Kill Wells. We're just going to let Eric talk by himself for like 30 minutes. It'll be fine. We'll walk out and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll walk out because we're mad and let him go and then come back. <laughs> I'm really hoping that they're feeding on it tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be good. Fingers crossed for you guys. Yeah. Since it's like the first one, maybe other ones will come in and it'll be like that it's whole... It's true. Sometimes they do all come in. They call each other in and it's very... I mean, first one in the bay. There could have been tons, you know, big... Well, you know what? Bay. Actually, I saw a report of killer whales attacking a gray whale in Morro Bay today as well. Mm. So two death, two predations within like 200 miles of each other on the yeah. same day. That's pretty crazy. That is yeah. awesome. So we'll so, see. Hopefully tomorrow. I'm going out in the morning. Right. Even though my mom's here, I wasn't going to go, but now I have to. <laughs> now you have to. Now there's no go, choice. Yeah. Honestly, I would do the same. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> um, if you guys don't follow us on Instagram, it's Whale Nerds. And if you guys have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to send us a DM or just leave us a comment on one of the photos. One of these days we'll get back to all the questions, but we've had way too many exciting whale reports and some special guests lately, but... Keep sending us the questions. We are getting them, and, and we're happy to answer them during the podcast when when we get it. When you get moment. time. <laughs> May not be for a few weeks after what's going on today. Yeah. Probably quarter past two. Quarter, quarter, <laughs> quarter two. Oh, quarter two, yeah. <laughs> getting also, it mixed up you know, already. If you have a chance, get out on a boat, especially if you're on the California coast. It's been really good all up and down the coast, so definitely get out on the water if you can. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye.